This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Welcome to episode 383 of the Wallpot. I'm your host Stefan Butzko, and today we will discuss, talk about, preview Marco Rose's first competitive game as Borussia Dortmund manager against Wien Wiesbaden in the German Cup. For all that and more, joins me Matthias Zug for, as I've been pointed out, a 10th season of Yellow Wallpot. How about that? Uh, it's pretty crazy. It dawned on me this morning driving to the mechanic. Where I was like, you know, it's not been 10 years, but I'm like, wait a minute. But this is the start of season 10 of the Yellow Wall. And yeah, it's you know, uh, you know come what's a long worrying, way. Matthias? Hmm. What? You were already the old guy on the first oh, year of the Yellow Wall. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. When I started the Yellow Wall, I was older than you are now. So <laughs> that's, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think this is So anyway, this was a great old, episode. Uh, this is a great episode. Thank you so much for everybody for listening. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to have to end it now. No. How are you, Stefan? I'm rolling the outro. <laughs> I'm done. Um no, I'm I'm good. Thank you. Uh it's uh it's a really nice day in Philadelphia and as I just said to you before we start recording, my wife and I are driving to Cape Cod for the weekend, so I will have to watch the German Cup. Uh, in our little uh, vacation home up there in Massachusetts, so um, I'm I'm very uh, much looking forward to that. Uh, different beach than the uh, Jersey Shore, which we also frequent because that's the closest to us here. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Borussia Dortmund and uh, all things going on there or not going on there, Matthias, because obviously Wien Wiesbaden is a third-year team. They have been alongside Freiburg 2, the most boring team in the early uh, starts of the Dritte Liga, as both teams have uh, neither conceded nor scored, and both teams have uh, two points to their name due to uh, two scoreless draws. So um, obviously, as is Yellow Wallpot tradition, we both don't know much <laughs> about the opponent because they're in the third division and I don't watch it. And you, I think, are, where, where are Preuss Münster? Are they even in the third division right now? If they no, were, you'd probably watch, Regi but they aren't. So No, Regionalliga West. Um, well. Used to, obviously, used to watch a lot of Dritte Liga when they were in there. Um, <clears throat> when I look at the... The lineup for uh, Wien Wiesbaden, there's really nobody there that even stands out. I mean, there's Dominik Prokop, uh, an Austrian who comes from the Austria Wien Academy, whose uh, brother is actually significantly better than him. Um, other than that, yeah, two scoreless draws so far for them to start off with one against SC Freiburg Zweite Mannschaft. Of course, Borussia Dortmund's second team is also in the Dritte Liga. And even though that's kind of cool, I have to say, I really do hate when Bundesliga second teams are in the Dritte Liga because they don't really need it, let's be honest. And other clubs, 
thinking of uh, Poison Munster as an example. Wow, uh, Rot-Weiss Essen. Rot-Weiss Essen. Or you, I mean, there, there are a ton you could name there where it's like they they need to be in the Dritte Liga. They need to have that advancement. And their places are obviously being taken up by, you know, youth practice teams. I mean, let's be honest. So anyway, be that as it may. Yeah, um, very, very prepared. Uh <laughs> Don't know anything about VNV Spaden for this season to really give anybody any detailed analysis. I, it's like any of these first round DFB Pokal matches for any of the big clubs is they just have to go out, perform, get the result and move on, not uh, overstress themselves. It's summer, so it's still hot. It's their first real competitive match against usually very, very motivated opponents because they're going to be playing against Borussia Dortmund. Why wouldn't you be motivated? And obviously that can sometimes lead to challenges that are rather questionable at times. Uh, so just get out of it healthy, get, you know, win two, three nil and move on. Obviously that every year, the DFB Pokai in the first round has some surprises in it, but thankfully uh, the really big clubs have kind of dodged those bullets now for a few years. So uh, this is kind of one of those. It'll, it'll be nice to get going. And so far, Dortmund, I don't watch friendlies. I think I've said that now for 10 seasons. <laughs> um, but looking at the results and some of the comments I've heard overall, Dortmund's you know, preseason and warm-ups have gone rather smoothly. So I don't really expect too much drama uh this weekend yeah i mean i think the the three nil against bologna looked quite uh good i would i would say i i watched most of that game and uh, i thought dortmund looked uh, uh very comfortable on the field uh the automatisms and whatnot uh already uh uh doing pretty well you know sometimes it can look a little more uh, <laughs> all over the place, especially uh, in, in such a, a patchwork preseason, uh, which, uh, yeah, is is really chaotic. Um, I think Michael Zorg said as much that, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the, the position of Marco Rosa right now is not really enviable. And, uh, you know, I picked up one tiny quote from uh, Rüdiger Rehm, who is the coach of... SV Wiesbaden and uh, or SV Wien Wiesbaden to be precise and he said that this game is probably the best chance to beat Dortmund uh, and I think he's probably right because so many players uh, are coming just back from uh, the international or, or the, uh, the the summer break with the uh, international uh, competition uh, of the Euros um, Akanji came back late Hazard, Witzel etc um, and uh, Marco Rosa at the news conference today uh, said as much that he will have to throw them in at the deep end and uh, a lot of players won't be able to play for the full 90 minutes and obviously we have one healthy centre-back going into the season. Um, Rafael Guerrero is uh, having uh, calf issues. Uh, Emre Can, I think, is also out. Mats Hummels still with the patella tendon uh, with the ligament in his knee um, struggling and nobody knows how long exactly he will uh, be out for. Rose said cautiously, optimistically today that uh, it's improving, but uh, obviously he did not give a timeline. So um, yeah, those are sort of uh, the uh, the settings going into this uh, that 
we have to throw in players that uh, hardly even uh, played. I mean, talk about Bellingham and Delaney, for example. They just uh, returned to Dortmund after the training camp in Bad Ragaz. So, Matthias, um, obviously we know Gregor Kobel will start in goal and I assume Manuel Akanji will also play. Uh, I assume that Nico Schulz will play. And, of course, uh, then it's it's probably going to be Passlock on the right due to the uh, COVID outbreak uh, in Dortmund that has affected Thomas Muni and Julian Brandt. So, then it's either Meloni or Papadopoulos as uh, the other centre-back, uh, since you haven't really seen uh, much of the preseason, if anything, uh, it's probably a hard press to ask you who you would prefer. And I'll, I'll be honest, I I don't know either, really. I, I'm not really leaning one way or another, but uh, this is probably a defence that we could also expect uh, against Frankfurt on the Bundesliga opener. So, um, Matthias... What are you looking for from this cup game? Obviously, uh, you have Daniel Marlin, uh, who I haven't heard your opinion on yet since he was signed. So maybe we'll start there. Well, Marlin, obviously the the man that uh, everybody linked with Dortmund, that Dortmund really wanted, and they got the person they wanted. Uh, he is not a Jaden Sancho replacement. I'm I'm looking forward to that constantly being brought up for the first few months. <laughs> oh, is he the just Sancho? No, he's not a Sancho type player, but he's a very good player. I think he. I can't say he improves Dortmund because losing Sancho, it, it's a hard one. I, I'd say it's kind of a clean, clean slate to start with. There, it'll be interesting to see him perform. I think this is a good match for him to kind of play in uh, I would look forward to and hope to see him right away uh, might as well and maybe then you take him off in the second half kind of a deal uh, because it'd be better to throw him in against Wiesbaden versus against the other Hessian club that Dortmund will be facing the week following with Eintracht Frankfurt because that's obviously going to be well, that's going to be interesting anyway, because they have a new coach as well, like pretty much everybody in the Bundesliga this season, it seems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Daniel Mann. I'd like to see how he clicks with Holland. Um, you know, I mean, there there are a few question marks there in the team, like you said, as far as injuries are coming back to the side and kind of getting... Getting back into the groove. I don't know if Marius Wolf is going to get a run out in this type of match. I think he's injured Maybe. too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's some. I mean, there are a few little niggling injuries, but maybe we'll see Axel Witzel a little bit here and there. So it's a little bit open, but I do believe, you know, guys like Dahut and so on, it'll, it'll be a, a overall solid performance. That back line, I'm not going to say it worries me because I think they could perform well enough against Wiesbaden. But it'll be interesting to watch because Frankfurt are going to be significantly more difficult for them to face, even though I don't quite know what we're going to expect from Frankfurt at this point. So, yeah, and as far as who to put next to, uh, next to Akanji in there, I don't know. I mean, I heard that Papadopoulos did really well. Cool. I remember it was two years ago, everyone was blown away by how Tobias Raschel played and that, you know, he's had... <laughs> Hundreds of matches since then, of course. So I don't care. Uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see 
what happens in this match, and that'll probably give us an indication of what Rose is going to be looking for against Eintracht Frankfurt, which is obviously the match I'm kind of looking ahead to. Not because Dortmund won the DFB Pokal, so I don't care. I always care about every single competition Dortmund's in, but it's just a, a little bit odd right now. Yeah, just to add to that, uh, Marius Wolf has uh, a ligament tear. Uh, he, I think, picked that up uh, against uh, Athletic Bilbao. And uh, yeah, it's not looking good. He might be uh, out for longer, but not as long as uh, Bino Gittens, uh, who obviously uh, is a a youngster who also joined Dortmund from the Manchester City Academy. I think it was uh, last winter, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's only 16 years old and uh, he completely tore uh, his uh, ligament in his his ankle. Uh, I think... In worst case, it's just partly torn, so he'll be out uh, for longer. That's obviously very unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't expect to see Wolf uh, in in this game uh, for better or worse. Um, I think Paslak has to has been doing a fine job, to be honest. Um, and I'll be honest, if if it's not uh, the set piece goal. Um, then I'm not really worried about Dortmund's defense. I thought they looked pretty well organized uh, uh, regardless. Obviously, set-piece goals are their Achilles heel as per usual, but um, especially in the cup. But uh, yeah, Wien Wiesbaden um, can be threatening, I guess, but uh, as as far as uh, first cup Not so rounds, far in the Dritte Liga. Yeah, I, mean. I was, I was going to say that, uh, you know, having two games without... Uh, uh, Scoring, you know, it's <laughs> Dortmund's second team is probably a, a bigger test at this point for Borussia Dortmund, especially if uh, Dortmund's second team would play with a complete roster because that would mean that uh, Dortmund's first team would lack a centre-back. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this game because a, it signals that the season is finally upon us and uh, the other thing is I'm really excited to see Donny Marlin and... Uh, I think this is a really good occasion to see him. Uh, usually, um, I think the first round cup match lends itself pretty well uh, to uh, new players or for new players to showcase themselves. I think Jude Bellingham scored immediately against Duisburg, if I remember correctly, in uh, the first round game last season. So um, that obviously did both well. And, you know, as you said, in midfield, uh, I'm looking forward to, to Mahmoud Dahoud to uh, play well again. You said Witzel might be in there. Uh, Royce will definitely start in Haaland and uh, Marlin, I guess. I don't know if Hazard will play, um, but uh, I can I can see it more that players who are maybe not 100% start the game and then come off whenever they must then, uh, rather than being subbed on. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know Marco Rose's uh, substitution antics quite yet and uh, I, ho- I hope that's not going to be a point of contention for us as it was with late Lucien Favre <laughs> who obviously is not dead but you know late uh, as in, in the late stage of being a double manager and m- making very late substitutions because that was uh, often very annoying I'm hoping for a lot of uh, early subs if need be so um, yeah end of monologue and uh Almost end of podcast. I feel like I, I'm. I I really run out of things to say quite early. Matthias, is there anything you want to uh, rave about? 
Well, I mean, it is nice to see that Dortmund's lone player, Renier, is doing quite well at the Olympics. Uh, so I've heard. I don't actually watch the Olympics, so I don't really care that much. But it's just nice to see he's having something positive. You know, it'll be interesting to watch in this match with Manuel Akanji being kind of the boss of the defense. Uh, because we remember before Mats Hummels returned, that was his job, and he did it really well. And he came off an absolutely um, excellent Euro competition this summer. So uh, I have high hopes for Manuel Akanji this season. Um, I'm also curious to see Kobe in goal in a competitive match. But like you said, against VNV Spaden, I don't foresee major issues. I think Marco Rosa will understand the importance of getting a good start, especially given that, you know, the pressure is going to be high this season again. Um, and yeah, I, I think we can watch an, an interesting match from the standpoint of just watching a few players. If Dortmund have uh, undue issues with Wiesbaden, well, then we've got a lot of talk to uh, talk about next week, but I don't <laughs> foresee that, to be honest. You're right. I, I also have high hopes for Manuel Akanji this season, so I hope um, with uh, the wear and tear that he can stay healthy uh, because, as you said, uh, his, his year showing and obviously him playing for Dortmund uh, in the previous season, he was absolutely fantastic. So I just really hope he can carry on there. Um, one thing I think we should mention, obviously, uh, the COVID infections uh, for Brandt and Meunier are really not fun. Um, I don't know how reliable the information is that uh, Brandt wasn't vaccinated, and I'm not sure uh, whether that was a personal choice or not, uh, to be honest. But uh, I've also heard that uh, 90% of Dortmund's squad and uh, staff and everyone else is is vaccinated, so I guess um, that's uh, that's good. Should be a hundred by now, I think, if somehow feasible. I don't know uh, how a vaccination uh, is going on in in Germany, but uh, all my friends and family uh, at least uh, have been vaccinated, uh, both fully, to be honest. So um, I would expect that Julian Brandt also would be vaccinated. It's kind of a blow, Matthias. I was uh, <laughs> making the joke in private to Christina uh, <laughs> about I said it was going to be the uh, breakout season, not outbreak season. Uh, yet here we are. Um, obviously, you he he doesn't really have any any terrible symptoms or whatnot. But uh, how much of a damper does this put on uh, Julian Brandt's sort of uh, uh, yeah? trying to tackle this season with way more steam and, and obviously has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. Well, it's certainly annoying and frustrating to say the least. I also haven't heard of really symptoms or anything like that. So it may just be one of those seemingly typical breakthrough cases of COVID in a fully vaccinated person where so many are uh, supposedly or reportedly uh, asymptomatic, who knows, but still you can't, put him with other people, asymptomatic or not. So, yeah, he was probably hoping this is the kind of match that he can kind of kickstart, re reinvigorate his Dalton career or his career in general. It didn't happen. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks, he'll be back and able to train with the team and we move forward. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's what I hope to. I mean, 
the worst uh, who had it, I think, was Emre Can because I think he had a little bit, uh, he had it worse than just mild symptoms. But uh, yeah, who else? I think Kanye had it at some point. And Axel Witzel, am I forgetting someone? From this Rosa, who also contracted COVID at some point? Not, not off the top of my head, but but none of them seem to have been in any grave danger. So, um, other than that, I can't think of. I'm thinking right now, but I can't. No one pops to mind. All right. So, um, let's move on real quick. Uh, lastly, if you will, um, obviously transfer window is still open Dortmund have not made too many moves uh, do you think that Dortmund still find a club uh, to to sell Nico Schulz to I think it'll come down to money um, I think he can perform well for let's say mid and lower half Bundesliga club for sure but it'll just come down to money it'll come down to the club's asking price Obviously, it's not going to be 25 million because who in the hell would pay 25 million euros for Nico Schultz? You know, Nagelsmann is still laughing his butt off for that. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe you and Nagelsmann will take him because they have some issues right now, too. Um, and then it'll come down to uh, wages, of course, because he's probably not on a few uh, pennies a week. So uh, I think if, if the finances find an agreeable situation they'll be able to move him on otherwise i would say he probably sticks around for another season yeah i only bring this up because uh Leipzig have uh i guess reliably written that uh as soon as nico schulz leaves Borussia dortmund that uh chances are marcel halstenberg will follow from uh, leipzig to dortmund so the question only is when this will happen obviously um You know, I'm I'm not the most psyched about this transfer, but at the same time, uh, I think Halstenberg at least will be a viable option behind Rafael Guerrero, unlike Nico Schulz. So, uh, as I said, while Marcel Halstenberg, who obviously has a, a Dortmund past, uh, will not, uh, you know, have me singing from the trees. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, j just wanted I to say... I would say a Halzenberg transfer kind of leaves me as excited as a Thomas Meunier transfer just because it's like, yeah, I mean, he's he's good. He's not he's above average. He's not great. He's not amazing. He's 29, I believe. So, you know, resale value isn't going to be very high because he'd probably leave and in his early 30s. So it kind of fits in that category. Um, what it would do, do, though, is give Marco Rosa a reliable alternative for Guerrero. So Guerrero gets a few breaks and alternatively, he could then even shift Guerrero into central midfield on occasion and have Halsten back out wide because uh, Nico Schulz, uh, it's just not the right, the system isn't right for him. He's a wing back, a running wing back, kind of like I would think of Marius Wolf on the other side. He's not a full back in that sense. Um, I would, I would personally rather see Marcel Schmelzer there, um, especially if you're not expecting much running uh, or speed at this point. It's not like the man can't run; he can run a hell of a lot better than I can. Um, so that that that's kind of where I think of this Halsenberg transfer. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see it makes sense. 
Uh, but I'm not like, oh my god, this is this is the second coming at left back. But <laughs> I, I think um, I think it would be a quality addition to the squad if you can move Nico Schulz, because otherwise you just have a ton of people sitting around. I mean, and maybe Dalton have to look at loaning Nico Schulz out for a season. I mean that that, and then looking at a tr- with a buyout clause or something like that. Um, uh, to to just move him, and also for Nico Schulz, this isn't a great situation for him as a player and a person. So that's maybe they have to go that route. Yeah, I mean, usually left backs are hard to find, so there must be a club somewhere uh, needing the services of Nico Schulz. But so far, uh, not for the money that Dortmund uh, are asking. I I, I guess. Um, same, I guess, also goes for Roman Bürki, who is still hanging around somehow. Uh, so many potential transfers. Uh, I think that's wages. Yeah. I think that'll come. That's just down to personal wages. I think Dortmund's not too big and fussy about the transfer fee they get for him because it's not like he was super expensive when he came from Freiburg. I think it's more down to personal terms than anything else. Yeah. That's uh, that was just what I was going to say. And the the other uh, player, maybe on his way out, maybe uh, from the three we have discussed thus far, the most likely on his way out is uh, Thomas Delaney. Uh, maybe uh, a move to the Premier League uh, is uh, imminent. I don't know. To be to be fair, but um, especially with uh, Rose opting for diamond midfield and maybe not playing with two. Uh, defensive midfielders uh it could be just the perfect timing for him to say you know what uh i'd rather try my luck somewhere else i always wanted to play in the premier league anyway so now's uh, the perfect time to do that um you know dahoud bellingham witzel for three players for one position if you will if if don't want really uh strictly stick to that system uh for for uh, the majority of the season, then uh, I think that's that's a good depth. Obviously, <laughs> that could be jinxing it, but uh, you know, I I feel like this transfers on the cards, and uh, I think you Matthias are a very late convert to the Thomas Delaney fan club. But uh, yeah, it it would kind of suck to lose a player and a character like him. But late, I was I was like the cheerleader for him right when he came. Sorry, I got then, so much. Then, then I I'm, still. Am I still am get I, a lot of hate I, uh, for mixing you up him. with Lars. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You may be doing Lars some injustice there, but I was always big on Thomas Delaney. Sorry, I then, then that's, pro- the that's probably how it was. But uh, I mean, I still get people on Twitter trolling me about actually thinking he's a good player, which he is, and you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, it would be it would be a real shame to see him leave, not just for. The quality of player he is on the pitch. That's right. He's a good player. Um, but also his leadership and what he can do motivationally with the side. I That's the bigger loss because when I look at other guys there, I mean, Bellingham can be a bit of an emotional leader, but he's still a kid. So he still really has to prove himself. You have Emre Can who can do that, but Emre Can is more erratic in my opinion than Thomas Delaney Thomas Delaney it's like a controlled menace <laughs> whereas John is just a menace at times and obviously we know Witzel is not a vocal leader at all um, so that's the one area where I have a little bit of a concern with Delaney uh, leaving 
but I totally understand. And I hope if he does go, it is to the Premier League and no nowhere else, unless he goes back to Denmark, of course. Um, but the Premier League, I think, like a Crystal Palace type side, he would do really well in. Yeah, uh, that's all I have to add. Obviously, I think it would suck a little bit more for Dortmund to lose Thomas Delaney than vice versa. I mean, that being said, obviously, uh, Dortmund are a Champions League team and Crystal Palace are clearly not. Um, but, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a realistic transfer, let's put it this way, which is why I wanted to bring it up again. Anyway, Matthias, I don't really have much else to say. So uh, if you don't mind, I would just knock it on the head here because I have a couple of other things I need to do today, uh, including packing yeah. my bag for the vacation. <laughs> so... Yeah, and- and and we don't want to stop you from going on vacation, Stefan. No, that's uh, very nice. So uh, if nothing else comes up, Matthias, please tell our listeners where to find you on the internet and poke fun of fun at, fun at you. Jesus Christ, time to end this. Poke fun at you. <laughs> on it's Twitter. time for a vacation. But first we do have to say the scoreline prediction. Ah, crap. You can't forget that. All right, three so, nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go... F- for Borussia Dortmund. You can find me on Twitter at Matthias Suk, but I am not very active on Twitter right now just because it's Twitter. But you can still follow me there if you want to. Yeah, good luck. You can follow me at Stefan Butzko. (laughs) I don't know how much uh, I will tweet during my vacation. (laughs) It's just four days. uh, So uh, I'll I'll be be back to normal uh, service, I guess, come Wednesday or Thursday uh, by the latest and yeah anywho you can follow all of us at Yellow Warpod on Twitter and Facebook and if you want to subscribe to the show do that on iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher Spotify Google Podcasts YouTube etc as always thank you so much for listening if you want to contribute financially do that on patreon.com slash the yellow wall and that's it from us for this week goodbye